Welcome. This is the Club NFT podcast where we focus talking to project founders in the Solana NFT space. You're going to want to hear about the helpful insights, innovations, all that's happening now and get clarity how NFTs as a tech and shifting to Web3 is the number one opportunity of our generation, especially if you're an entrepreneur, a fellow founder, an investor, you're going to want to listen in. I'm your host, Trevor Johnson, founder of Club NFT, a community where we help NFT investors profit. Let's get into this episode as we roll this clip. Let's go. Welcome, everybody. This is the Club NFT podcast, and I'm here with Big Chungus. And it's really a deep pleasure because, you know, he is uh, paving the way when it comes down to poker inside the NFT space and specifically in the soul NFT space. And, you know, it's really going to be a cool conversation on this bridge, you know, from, you know, Web 2 to Web 3 and what they're really doing here to be innovative in the space. And um, I can't wait to hear more about his unique personalities and everything else from here. You know, the fact that he's taking the time today to be on this podcast, on this episode is something I can really appreciate and him showing up to his community every single day. So um, being big Chungus, it's my pleasure to have you on here, um, dude. So so tell, tell me a little bit about yourself. Let's let's get this uh, party started. Hey, thanks for having me, Trevor. I appreciate it. Um... It's definitely never a problem to take uh, time out of my day to do this. I, I love being on on podcasts and spaces, and especially if they're they're focused on talking about uh, anything poker related, specifically Soul City. So uh, I will definitely tell you a little bit about myself uh, as far as my my experience in the poker world goes, and and myself personally. I'm a 26 year old Floridian, long time. My whole life I've been in Florida. Absolutely love going to the beach, uh, riding my bike, hiking, spending time with my dog. Very much an outdoors kind of person, which is uh, actually more common than you think in the poker world. There's a lot of uh, very talented professional poker players who have a, a really good balance in life. And I think that similar to Web3, that that mental health and that outdoor na- natural you know, human experience is, is really important in, in being successful in the poker industry. And in the Web3 industry, maybe that's why I'm drawn to both of those. But uh, as far as poker goes, I've I've been doing this my entire life. I'm 26 years old. I started playing when I was, you know, a toddler, basically just playing for fun, of course, like everybody else. Grandma taught me, and then I played with some friends, and then I beat some friends, and I was like, you know, this is pretty fun. So uh, by the time I was 16, I was uh, playing online poker under my brother's account. And I was uh, grinding like 12, 18, 20 sit and goes at a time on my three monitors. And I was staying up 80, 90, some plus hours uh, a week playing playing poker, just nonstop. I literally could not get enough of it. Um, I was playing very, very small stakes. You know, I had no money. I was 16. But uh, I eventually said, this is really neat. And I see no reason I should keep going to school. So I actually dropped out of high school uh, and decided that uh, I was just going to kind of figure it out from there. So I kept playing poker, and and lo and behold, I, I realized that I, I wasn't good enough to continue staining, sustaining a, a career in poker. So uh, I started studying and practicing a little bit more, and, and it still wasn't enough. And also, I was young. So by the time I was uh, 18, I, I got a job at a local uh, dog track here in, in St. Petersburg, Florida, called Derby Lane. I got a job as a, a brush, which is like uh, basically just a poker room attendant. It's like the lowest job you can have in a poker room. And then I got promoted to a cashier, and then I hired somebody to teach me how to deal cards. And from there, 
I just like sort of went every which way. I, I started as a poker dealer. I did that for a few years and then off and on as a, a manager and a supervisor and then a cashier supervisor and then a tournament director and a, a room manager. And then I became an online poker club director and a manager for another poker club. And uh, I've just ever since, uh, you know, when I was 16, yeah, just expanded and evolved my my career and my my uh, different outlets for poker on both sides of the table, both sides of the room, and uh, both sides winning and losing, unfortunately. But my entire life has has basically led up to this moment. Um, as far as my experience and my passions go, everything that I'm doing with Soul City and with Solana NFTs, it all is pretty much aligned, and uh, it's all led me here, and I'm I get very grateful for it. Dude, um, I really love all of this because it's like you're really like you come from a place of like an actual background within the space of total submersion. And, you know, as a fellow founder, it's like, you know, you are the epitome of like creating something where, you know, you already know the space in and out. And now you're creating like, you know, from your heart and your passion to really like, you know, share this value of poker and now like going full form of like bringing a dream to reality. So it's a, it's really cool how that's all lined up and um, you know, the amount of time that you spent on the poker uh, table is like, you know, you, you've, you've well put in your 10,000 hours. So it's, <laughs> yes, uh, definitely. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really good to see. Than, yeah. And much more than 10,000 hours worth of money too. I've seen a lot of money come and I've seen a lot of money go. I've been rich and poor many times in my short life. Yeah. And I, I guess that's a, it's a, that's a common uh, occurrence with, I guess, a lot of poker players out there um, in this arena. So um, nonetheless, so tell me like, um, you know, what sort of inspired you like to get into the NFT space to begin with? Yeah. So this is actually, I mean, that's like one of, you know, the most common questions on a spaces and I, I, I absolutely love answering it, especially uh, to an audience who's, who's never heard it before. And uh, my, my experience in NFTs actually, started out a little wacky. It was maybe even just dumb luck. But uh, my brother, whom I don't have a very strong relationship with, we sort of text like every couple of years or so. He just texted me out of the blue and he said, hey, I, I know that you are into crypto, which to him was like, you know, I, I trade coins here and there. I, I had a pretty good understanding of, of crypto. And really all it was was like buying just top coins and, and, and holding them forever and never really making money. And uh, then he, he said one day in a text after not hearing from him for like seven or eight months, he said, hey, I know you're into crypto. I've got this thing that you should check out. And uh, he sort of explained it to me very poorly. And it just sounded like a total scam. And I was like, what is my brother getting into that he's like <laughs> trying to get me on board with some terrible scam, some Ponzi? And uh, another month goes by and he goes, bro, I just made this much money. And all I did was buy this and sell it 10 minutes later. And I go, hmm. This sounds even more like a scam than it did the first time, but I'm going to check it out because if you're making money, then I'm probably, I can probably also make money. So he invited me to a discord for chicken derby, which is an Ethereum project uh, for racing chickens. And uh, I aped into it at the time I decided that I was just, I was a pretty young investor and I didn't really understand what I was doing. And uh, I, I spent like 10 grand buying all these chickens and it ended up being a, a kind of a dud. I mean, I know they're still around. I've not checked on it in a long time. But uh, he also got me into like another horse racing one and and some some robot fighting game. And I, I just got really, really into it. I was like, this is some seriously degenerate shit. And I'm really enjoying it. The fact that I can like do things that 
don't make any sense, but are making me money. It was like a no brainer. It was just so much fun to figure out what the hell was going on and where to make money. And this was with no education, no experience. So at the end of it, of course, as I'm sure you can guess, uh, you know, that's not sustainable. I did lose a bunch of money. I ended up aping in really hard on a project on Ethereum that made very little sense long term. Looking back on it, it was never sustainable. And uh, I ended up spending like upwards of like 50 or 60 grand on it and uh, ended up getting rugged out from under it. Uh, by the uh, the founders who decided that the project wasn't sustainable and it wasn't even worth trying. So that was my first like real big experience in, in NFTs. Um, that hurt a lot. And um, surprisingly, it didn't stop me from continuing. It actually just kind of lit a fire under my ass. And I said, well, I don't want to give this up. I really like it, but I don't understand it very well. So I decided I would take some time to, to better practice and understand it and actually do some research and I started getting with people like you who, who host like uh, these educational conversations and, and these like uh, table fireside chats or whatever. And I just sort of absorbed and absorbed. And I, I, I lurked in on all these spaces for, for many weeks. And I eventually decided that I was going to start Soul City. And uh, I just had such a bad experience on Ethereum and, and gas fees were just so absurd to me that I ended up landing uh, either Solana or AVAX. And so I did research on both and I took a look at uh, some of the NFTs on Magic Eden, and surprisingly, Magic Eden is kind of what sold me on on doing Solana over over AVAX. Um, the projects that were on there just kind of stood out to me more as like degenerate projects, uh, especially at the time, like in January of this year. I'm not sure yeah. how far back you go or how familiar you are, but like back in January, obviously things are a little different now, but in January was like a big rise of like rev share casinos. And yeah. so I, I uh, in my natural fashion, I aped into uh, High Roller Hippo Click. Um, I actually came to Solana the, the day that High Roller Hippos was minting, and they were the first project I minted. And uh, I, I minted 20 of them, like literally no idea what this project was. I just saw that these <laughs> hippos were minting. I wasn't in their Discord or anything. It just said Mint was live, and I said, okay. So I was like, I'm going to mint one and it wasn't selling out. And then it started selling really fast. And I was like, oh, that's fun. So I just kept minting until it stopped. And then I minted 20 and I said, okay, that's enough because it stopped minting. And I was like, <laughs> shit, did I just fuck myself again? And uh, sure enough, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fortunately, I've, I have since sold them. And uh, I did make a very small profit soul wise, not USD wise. But uh, it's been a hell of a journey, man. Um, definitely, definitely veered far off from your original question but what got me here was uh was my brother just texting me what seemed like a scam and then me just full-on addiction personality grasped onto yeah. this nft thing and like now it's my life i mean a hundred plus hours a week it's it's all i talk about think about dream about <laughs> when i'm eating i'm i'm thinking in between bites of what what's next you know it's just nonstop. Yeah, so for the person that's been thinking about getting into the space, it might not be as enticing if you know you get addicted and spend the thousands of hours, <laughs> lose the tens of thousands of dollars, right? But at the end of the day, you know, uh, through the experience, you know, you wouldn't have gotten to where you are right now. And uh, you know, what's really cool is I think uh, a lot of people can even relate to your initial starting, your upbringing of getting started in the NFT space, right? Um, you know, I can count, you know, on countless of hands of people who get in initially and they ape in on their first project way over invest. 
um, on their first first going, right? And unfortunately, you know, some people will end up quitting at that point. It's a conversation I have a lot uh, with a lot of people. It's like, no, it's like, let's think in of, you know, law of averages, let's think in a place of, you know, risk to reward. Yeah, you know, you could lose, you know, seven out of 10 here, right? But you know, those three that become winners will outweigh your losses and provide you so much more. And it's like the matter of sticking with it. Um, if you're to just give up on your first project, go back to whatever you're doing, you know, it's like, honestly, you know, in the web three space, yes, there's a lot of risk involved, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of fun, there's a lot of community, there's a lot of um, growth that's, you know, still to be still to happen, but also more importantly, like, you know, we can really create anything that we want in this space and, you know, actually live a life that we desire and really have fun with it. So it's really, it's really cool to see, you know, I've, I've had friends, you know, um, for example, you you joined that chicken project, right? And I know probably there was hundreds of people that made lots of money with that chicken project where, you know, not everybody, right? There's usually a, a loser on the side of the winners, right? Um, you know, I had a friend, he got into one of the horse racing games fairly early and he created uh, literally a million dollars in a year from, you know, just being a part of the game, participating in this degenerate stuff that, you know, he didn't understand to begin with, right? But he decided, you know what, I'm curious and open enough to just like learn a little bit and I'm going to put in a bit of time. I'm going to ask questions and I'm going to figure it out. And, you know, he made a million dollars, right? It's like, you know, those are the stories that get created here. And, you know, and you yourself, you know, you're, you're just starting this story because, you know, your goal is not only for yourself to be the story, but you're here to help other people get involved in the space and also create those stories. And through poker, it's a great skill set. It's a great community aspect that you have here that, you know, people can come in and actually make a full-time income, right? So um, I think it's really cool to, to be touching these these points here. But uh, Big Chungus, tell me a little bit like, you know, so now that you have have Soul City Poker, right? Um, can you explain like maybe like, you know, in a quick elevator pitch, like what Soul City Poker is? And then I would love to get into a little bit more details about that from there. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the way that I generally describe Soul City in a nutshell is a 24-7 all-access full-service poker club that will pretty much suit any player of any skill level, of any budget, and of any interest to the game. We've got low-stakes and high-stakes cash games, which are also called ring games, which is like the you know epitome of like – it's like the, the cream of the crop of live poker basically is, is these ring games. Uh, and then we've also got options to play sit and goes, which are generally for people with like a smaller budget, less time, less experience. And then we also have the multi-table tournaments, which are like longer. Um, sometimes they vary in price, either high or low stakes. And uh, those those cater to people who are like diehard traditional poker players who play like for sport, basically. So we've really got something to offer everybody in, in, in the poker community. And, and even more than just the game, our Discord community is like another level for anybody who's been a part of it for several weeks. I think 99% of people will, will testify to the fact that our community is just like here to help people improve their game. And if you have any interest in poker whatsoever, being in our community is like a safe space to talk about your hands and to improve and just to be a part of a community of people who have this same two similar interests, poker and NFTs. Well, what, what, what do you believe uh, within your community? Like what makes it so special? I would say 
the most special thing about our community is just the fact that we have all been here for so long. We've, I would, a majority of our community has been around for over 10 months now. Uh, we've been in this Discord, getting to know each other day after day. We've got multiple channels that are just like filled with people's like selfies and dogs and families and trips mm -hmm. and food. And so like just getting to know each other on such an intimate level has made the experience so much more enlightened for anybody else that joins because people I've, I've noticed people will come in and they will lurk for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then they'll start talking and they'll like start spewing off like inside jokes or like things that happened weeks ago. And so it's like, I, I sometimes I wonder how many people are actually sitting here reading our dialogue all day. And I think that's pretty, pretty neat. Yeah, it's super cool. It's what's really special. I, I tell like anyone that's creating an NFT project, it's like the key to it is just like, you know, create a really good community and then find a way to reward that community. And if you do that really good, you know, it's inevitable that, you know, not only your community is going to succeed, but you will succeed as well. And uh, it's really like what NFTs are all about. It's what crypto is about as well. It's all collaborative. It's all decentralized. It's all very transparent. And what really makes the space as a whole really special to to learn about, to get involved with and so forth. So, um, yeah, so now on the community standpoint, like, you know, you've built it out, you know, 10 plus months ago now from the beginning of this year, um, you, you created the idea um, and then you had like a, an initial launch, like what, what were some of the building steps to like, you know, building that foundation of your community? Like, let's start there and then we'll go through baby steps, like going into your launch and then from that. So, um, you know, what was the foundation that you built off of to build that initial community and start your marketing push? Yeah. Um, so I, I'll start off by saying that uh, everything we did was completely organic. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we, we had no influencers, we had no marketing budget. And at the end of the day, the biggest push was just my motivation to make it succeed and my, my need for it to succeed. Um, I think that any, anybody who's aspiring to create an NFT project has to understand that it's not a part-time job and that it is uh, honestly going to consume your entire life. And you have to be willing to accept that. I've <clears throat> one of the, the biggest things for us was just me being there. And in the first couple of months, it became very evident that uh, something I told people often was like, I need more time to be Big Chungus and not just to like be a founder. I need, you need to like be a person. You need to be somebody that people want to come back for over and over so that no matter what your results are, they're there, and, and and you said this too. You know, people people need to believe in their founder, and they're buying more than just the project and the ideas of the project. They're also buying the founder's, you know, his his willpower and his knowledge and his his motivation. So I think it's it was very important to to show that early on and to just be there all the time and and never make excuses, not not to skip meetings, not to skip spaces, just be reliable and also to like just help people all the time. Uh, you know, the more people that you help, the more they're going to come back and, and pay it back. Even even people you think are nobodies or you don't have they don't they're not worth your time. It's just so not true because it's 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 been so many people that have come to me in early stages who wanted my help and I helped them. And now several months later, they're like, hey, look what I'm doing in NFTs now. And they're like hooking me up big time. So I think just being just being human, man. I mean, you just have to like you have to treat it as a business but you have to treat the people like people.
I love it. So, you know, a big key here really is to like, you know, you want to treat people, you know, like how you want to be treated as well and understanding, you know, the more that you can help others get what they want in life, the more that you'll be able to get what you want in life at the end of the day. Um, so you just started, you know, growing things organically from there. Um, so now, you know, you conceptualize the idea, you created a vision, you started, you know, um, building a roadmap, built a discord, started promoting and sharing it with people. Um, when did it come to a point like, you know, do you have a team to do this? Like, did you hire some staff? Like, um, how did you build like from, from that point uh, moving forward? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I, and I wish I had a, I wish I had a better answer for you, but I'm going to give you the truth is that uh, I, I basically busted my ass and I, I sort of worked mostly by myself for many, many, many months because it just didn't make sense to bring people on to sell something that they didn't know what they were selling or to manage or organize things that we were still building. And so over time, I decided that I was just going to bring on the people who found me instead of trying to find them. So I very rarely ever accepted applications from people who a didn't own the NFT or didn't hang out in the community of some sort. Like if I didn't know you, it was most likely that I wasn't going to bring you on in any capacity except as like perhaps a moderator. But even then it was, it was very slim. So finding people is, is 100% the hardest part of building and sustaining any project because finding people who, who care about the project as much as you do is already going to be nearly an impossible feat. And then getting them to sort of think the way you do is, is an even tougher thing. And it's very important that you delegate these tasks to people or, or you will burn out. And there's really only so much that you can do. So, so after some time, I was fortunate enough that enough people in the community finally, uh, you know, made it a point that they wanted to do more and that they saw the future here. And, and I had known them now for six or seven months. And I know that they knew my personality and now they talk to people as if they were me, basically, you know, I mean, when they're networking with people, they don't have to come to me and say, what do you think about this? They go, you know, I know Big Chungus would think this or Big Chungus would say exactly this to them, just because they've watched me do it for so long now, that it's like now instead of having, you know, 10 staff members, I have 10 Big Chunguses. And that was well worth the wait and all the time that I put in it solo. Yeah, because I, I know like um, when I reached out to host a poker tournament, right, um, one of your one of your team members, you know, you, you do a really good job setting everything up and very communicative on that and just like makes it super simple, right? So um, you definitely, you know, now have that ability. But dude, big kudos for like literally, you know, working your way through it, um, you know, going through the obstacles and grinding your butt off, right? And like not stopping, right? Because you know, it's like, things move so fast in this space, and you blink and you're like, you're, you're 10 steps behind, right? And the fact that you, you know, basically built it all, you know, by yourself, I think it's a, a big kudos. But it's also, I think what it can show to people is that literally, you know, even without a team, or even, you know, just your own personal work ethic and your idea, you could build something out too, you know, you don't, need to have all the bells and whistles you don't need to have you know venture capital um to do things um on a major scale right um you know of course it could be easier with a team yes it could be better but also sometimes it comes with complications right and i can uh you know one day i'll share my stories of you know building different projects and working with teams and you know some personal experience on that but it's um it's really uh, you know i can just like 
I can give you much props because I can only imagine like going through that. So um, your NFT collection itself. So you you guys released an NFT collection uh, back in April, was it? Yeah, April 8th. April 8th. So you launched this NFT. Um, what is that all about? Because, you know, you know, me personally, I don't have an NFT, right? But I can use your platform and leverage it. You know, what's the purpose of the NFT and what's that all about? Yeah, so our NFT is... I mean, in a nutshell, our NFT's primary focus is to uh, share the revenue from the poker game that we host on Soul City, and it started out as both a fifty percent like community entry and a fifty percent revenue share, and then the floor price kind of went higher than we I would honestly say higher than we wanted it to be because now the entry has become almost impossible for a lot of people. And we have this like irony that we want people to like play the game. So like if you're going to decide between spending 20 soul on the NFT or spending even 10 soul on the game, we'd rather you spend the 10 soul on the game, to be honest, because you're already a part of the community. And uh, we don't even have holders chats in our discord. We actually have a completely separate discord for the NFT just because we want to have like an entire business aspect that's separate from the game. So we have like the main discord for converting people into the game and the community of the game. And then we have a separate discord for the NFT, which is like strictly business. So for the NFT, you know, people are receiving the revenue share and it does help us because those people do, you know, they pump their bags, but like they're not pumping their bag on a speculative notion that their NFT is going to go up in price. They're pumping their bags that this game is so good and that we do such a good job and it's so much fun to be here. And they like actually spend time sitting at the tables to fill seats to make sure that the games are going. They like brought it upon themselves to, to like build more than just a floor price. They've actually like taken the time out of their lives to make sure that the game is running smoothly too, because they understand that that's the bread and butter. Um, I have noticed a big issue with our, our NFT is is that it did attract because this is such a, a common thing in, in 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 gaming nfts that you have a large community of nfts like a bigger supply to equal more people playing your game uh at least with hippos that's kind of how it was supposed to be was that you know all these collection is bringing people in to play your game but we had a supply of 777 because we were more focused on the revenue at the time and, and making sure that people were receiving enough revenue to be relevant but what we failed to realize was that wasn't bringing in enough people. We have less than 200 unique owners. And like, that's just not enough really to, to continue making the gameplay if, if those are the main loyal people. So we, we definitely hit a big snag there and we ended up attracting more investors than we did poker players. And that started to hurt us for a while. And so we've decided now that we're going to actually release a second generation with a much larger supply so that people can finally be a part of the community. Uh, people in the Discord are always asking us, you know, it's a shame that we don't have a second generation because they just want to own it just because they enjoy their time here so much that emotionally they would feel more connected to the project if they could just own a donkey. And so we, we want to make that happen. Very cool. Um, and it's, uh, I think a lot of your growth too came from like, you know, the use of your platform and then connecting with other projects to being like, hey, we want to use your platform to do our in-house, you know, tournaments, right? And um, I think that's, um, you know, worked really well in the favor. But, you know, of course, 
you know, that shift of like, hey, you know, we don't want just to have investors, we want players and users as well. So um, very interesting. So with the people, like, I'm not sure, like, are you legally allowed to disclose like numbers and sense of like, you know, say, you know, the people that did buy an NFT, like off of Mint, like, have they got their ROIs and, um, you know, um, this revenue share, like, that, is that paid out like every month? It, like, how does that all work? Yeah, I can get into that. So we do pay out weekly. Um, okay. Basically, for for poker accounting, I'll I'll step it back so that it all really makes sense. In in a poker club, generally, uh, you want to do all of your accounting in a one week span because as um as players are playing, each hand they're paying a very small portion of the pot size is paid to the house as a house fee. And that's how we make money, just by facilitating the games. And all of that money is then accumulated over a course of time. And players actually receive what's called a rake back. It's basically like a cash back program. So the more that you pay every week, you're going to get more in return. So we actually have different tiers of rake back. So if you pay a small amount of rake and you only play one or two days a week, you get like between 10 and 20% of the total rake that you've paid all week. You get it returned to your account in Seoul every week, no matter what. If you play a higher amount or you play bigger stakes and pay more house fees, you get up to 40%. Uh, and those people are that are playing, you know, some people are paying 20 or 30 Seoul a week in rake and they're getting back 10, 12, 15 Seoul every week. So that's an important thing to understand for, for poker club accounting is that it, it works on a scale of a one-week basis so that players have time to accumulate chips. And then at the end of the week, it will actually reset into the next week. We have like a live leaderboard. And that's for any player, right? Like that's not just like NFT. Anybody. Awards, right? Yeah, you don't have to own the NFT. This is, this is open to anybody who plays at all. Um, so, so my point of saying that then is, is so that you understand why we pay out weekly because we do all of our accounting when the week resets. So Monday through Sunday, players are playing, we earn all of our rake, and then on Monday we say this much rake is being given back to players, and then we also have a loyalty program for 20%, so like if you sign your friends up and they play under your link, then you get 20% of their action too. So they'll get 40%, you'll get 20%, we get the other percentage, and then it's obviously trickled down to the owners. So so we do the, the accounting every week, and then whatever is left over is what we pay to the donkeys, and we split that up after operational costs however there has been i would say about 50 percent maybe smaller i'd say about 40 percent of the time that the donkeys have been minted we have withheld the payments to put them we've we voted as a DAO to put the payments towards bigger things like marketing and and doing pushes like that which have paid off tremendously so uh the total count as of this week is like 0.78 soul, I think, paid back since mint, but we've missed a lot of payouts. So I think if we never missed any payouts, but it's hard mm -hmm. to say because then we didn't do the marketing. Yeah. Um, I would say though that week over week, we've had like between 10 and 30% growth week over week. We we continue hitting an all-time high each week, which is, you know, to some people, it's like those numbers seem low on the ROI so far, but it's also like, you know, how many projects have you seen mint out in March? And then in April, they're dead and their games have no action. Yeah. So for us, I think, you know, for, I think for me, you know, if, if I want to invest, right, it's like the speculation of where you'll be in a year from now, right? And like, that's where it's like flavorful because it's like, what, what happens when there's 10,000 players on your platform, right? You know, what happens when there's even more, right? So it's like, okay, 
well, you have a potential to be like that early adopter, early supporter to really be a part of like that bigger picture. Cause right now you're, you're just a small fish. Right. Um, but you're also a big fish in the, when it comes down to poker in soul NFTs. Right. Yes. But, um, but it's a, you know, cause there's only a few other platforms that are doing similar things, but, um, but yeah, you're, you're overall a small fish in the whole of the ecosystem. Right. Yeah, so. that's true. Fortunately, there's there, you're right about that. There's, there's very few competitors <laughs> and it, it makes it better, but I, I, I quite like the competition because a, for me, I mean, in NFTs, you know, being all about community, really isn't very much competition because I, I think it's healthy that we can share a player pool and the competition also just like in anything in web two, I mean, competition is healthy because mm -hmm. it keeps us in check. It makes sure that we're staying competitive. It makes sure that we're providing the best experience and that we don't get lazy. So like in real time, we can see our competitors are doing this. Our players really seem to like that. We need to mimic it or do it better or do something even more unique. Whereas if we don't have that, I think that we can become stagnant pretty easily because we'll we'll stop you know improving and evolving. So I, I definitely welcome competition. I think it's very healthy. I'd like to see more of it. There are some good poker projects. Um, I don't know enough about Ape in Poker to be honest uh, to say anything about them. Their website made me a little uh, <laughs> nervous to 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 even talk about them. I, I'm not sure if it's even a legitimate project, mm -hmm. but uh, I do know that Honest Poker and um, God, what's the other one? Rebel Poker. They both have like platforms live uh, to play poker, but uh, you know, not to bury them, but none of them offer what we offer. None of them have 24 seven cash games. None of them have these big tournaments. Like every mm. Saturday, we've got a huge tournament. None of them have the community like we do with the big stream. So it is hard to say that we have like any true competition, but I, I do know that it's coming. It has to. Yeah, totally. Um, now with your second collection coming, um, do you have potential dates for it? Um, you know, will this affect the OG collection at all? Like what, what's, uh, you know, like, I know the purpose is to bring more eyes, but like, uh, tell, tell me more about it. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, you're definitely right. The purpose is to bring more eyes and to expand so that people can get into the community. Uh, the entire purpose of the NFT is, is exactly that is just to expand. And we know it's important to not dilute the Gen 1 pool by receiving any extra revenue or receiving anything even similar at all. The only thing that the Gen 2 will share with the Gen 1 is A, the, the donkey, which has become like a staple of Soul City, is that the PFP is a donkey. However, we have upgraded the art. We've paid a legitimate artist a lot more money than we paid the first one. And uh, I think the art is coming along swimmingly. Um, there's no revenue share. But we do have several other things that are going to, to make it uh, really well worth the value, especially because we're doing a free mint, which I'm like super bullish on. We made it very mm -hmm. clear that we don't need any mint funds. We don't need any additional revenue. We've already got a business running that's creating yeah. revenue. So we've decided that the free mint was the most bullish thing to do. And uh, we've actually been able to take a percentage of the revenue that's not being given to the owners already anyways and put that towards funding things for Gen 2, like valuable free rolls, uh, items for like staking, as well as um, paying some professional poker players and some who have donated their time to come in and, and do like weekly seminars. So the two biggest things we're, we're really doing for Gen 2 
is uh, owners only free rolls that uh, not even gen one can get into. You have to have a gen two to get into these free rolls and they're actually going to be funded by the rake from the game. So it's all pretty uh, self-sustaining. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that we're uh, introducing is what we call the soul city poker Academy. So all of those poker pros are going to come in and they're going to give weekly seminars. We've also got resident pros uh, that are going to be staying with us and doing like twice weekly seminars as well with the tokens that we're going to be staking, you can actually buy like one-on-one -on -one coaching with these poker pros. You'll be able to do like uh, access to interviews and AMAs and all sorts of other things. So if you're really like an actual, really, I guess it doesn't matter if you're an amateur or you're a seasoned poker player. I mean, if you have any interest in poker whatsoever, this is like just a no brainer. I mean, it's, it's, we're just providing everything poker related that doesn't even involve being on the tables mm -hmm. i like it i like it i like it a lot it's um it's fun because you get to add another flavor of value you bring people into the community you help people become better poker players and it's like wins all across the board um what's interesting to me it's like you know have this conversation with you know a lot of people who want to make money in this space right and they might not have a lot to start with and, you know, and, but they really want to do well, or maybe they come from a foreign country, right. Where, you know, the quality of living, you know, a hundred dollars is a lot of money, right. You know, that's my monthly salary. Right. So, and it's like, how, like, you know, what, what I like is like, you know, being able to show people a skill set where they can come in and grow a pool of money and, and work it. So, now, do you have any like, you know, visions, dreams, or even maybe any crazy success stories that you want to share of maybe someone that's, you know, come from, you know, very little to growing into something a lot bigger? Yeah, actually, we've got, um, we've got one player who's uh, the wife of one of our OG members. And uh, she decided that she she joined the community originally just to try to get him a whitelist spot. She was trying to like just be friendly and, and secure so that he could get another mint and he was going to pay for it and she would hold it. And then she just sort of became like a pretty big uh, part of the community. Like she was there every day. We got to know her so well, like more than we even knew him at this point, to be honest. And she still is there every day, like several hours a day, just chit chatting. We all know her and everything. And uh, she's not really much of a poker player because she never really had a bankroll to play. But she's actually surprisingly very, uh, like, naturally talented as far as, like, the basic for, uh, formalities and, like, uh, the basic concept of, of doing well in a poker event. And she's, she's got it down to a pretty good science. But like I said, she doesn't really have any money. But she, what we do is we have twice daily free rolls, seven days a week. And she plays, like, out of 14 a week, she probably plays 10, if not 12 of them. And uh, she never really misses one. And and she's pretty consistently, we pay out the top three, get a ticket to our cheapest tournament, which is like 0.11 soul. And she's like consistently winning them. And many times now she's taken the 0.11 soul ticket and turned it into, I would say at this point, she's made over, she's had to have made over 70 or so soul in the last five months from any prizes she's won from the games or as well from like any additional bonus prizes we had in the prize pool. So that's probably the biggest success story as far as zero to hero goes. Zero to about 70 soul in like three months was pretty cool. Yeah, so there's no excuse, right? It's like, um, 
you know, it's it's really cool because you guys do the free rolls, right? So you don't even need to put up any upfront capital. I was thinking, you know, even just starting with like, you know, one soul, you know, um, you know, start with one soul and you build that up. That's what I that's what I've been playing around with. I'm not I'm not any pro, right? But uh, you know, I'm totally willing to lose it. But you know, for someone that even has nothing, it's like come in, right? But on another note, it's like, well, I'm not a poker player. I don't know how to do it. Well put in the effort as well to study it, to, to learn it, go through the, the poker university. Right. And voila, you know, now your winning percentages are way up. You win some of these free rolls. You're now making a bit of additional money. And then maybe, you know, down the line too, you're like, okay, well, I, I can sit at these poker tables and, and go rinse some of these other kids that don't know what they're doing and, 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 and keep building that bag. Right. So it's uh it's it's really cool. Um, so I definitely encourage any listeners, anyone to, you know, maybe like look at this as an alternative motive to earn money in this space, right? It's like, yeah, you could go become a moderator in some sort of community. You can go and take a Web2 skill set, bring it and convert it into Web3. You can learn how to become a developer. You can be a, an amazing artist, right? There's so many ways of how you can make money in this space. Um, but now there's another one. It's like, Oh, you could learn how to play poker better. <laughs> so yeah. it, def- it definitely intrigued me lately of learning how to become a better poker player. I'm like, because uh, I I sit in with our community games and I play like uh, out of a hundred people, I came in like eighth place, I think, or nice or twelfth place or something around that line, like the other week, which was fun. Um, and um, but yeah, it's fun because I'm like, man, I kind of want to learn it a little bit better, so I kind of do a quick little googles and. And, uh, you know, kind of figure out, hey, you know, this is like the best time to like, you know, bet on like the pre-flop. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> so so it's like learning some new little skills. And then you're like, it's fun because you can read people, I guess, too, which is a big part of it. So, Oh, and when uh, you're right, it's amazing, <laughs> especially when yeah. you're exactly right. Oh, you'll like this, man. I, I went and played a game um, yesterday, but like I had like 800 poker chips, right? started the game and my first hand I went in and um I had a good like two pair like it was like an ace and a ace and a four actually so it was it wasn't like great but it was like I had the perfect uh flop that came in I started like betting and it was only me and this one guy right and I you know it was just like a little like bet bet you know and then um the last card that uh, came off was a was a five actually and he went all in. I was like, fuck it. I'm all in too, whatever. And uh, it turned out he had an ace five. I had the ace oh. four. So I got rinse on the very first uh, first hand, right? And then I put a thousand in there and then I turned the thousand into three thousand. So then I then I Dude. then I cashed out and walked away, right? Very so, good. Nice. Oh yeah. But um, but yeah, that was my that was I my love first a success hand. story. I'm like, what the heck, man? <laughs> I like that too, that you that you uh, I like that. And as silly as this sounds, like uh, you know, it's it's really not promoting any serious degeneracy. It's it's just a matter of you know obtaining and, and disciplining your bankroll, but losing that immediately, and then and then buying back in, and then just like sort of you know tightening up and and saying, okay, now I'm 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 going to win now. Like coming back and just and trying again is is sort of you know a, a big factor in being successful in poker. Um, because if you just lose and then walk away, like yeah, obviously you cut your losses. But at that point, you've also just walked away a loser, and uh, it's it's actually really good for your your game to to be like, okay, take like a ten second deep breath, buy more chips, and now fuck them up. That's the way <laughs> to do it. So I'm I'm impressed. 
Yeah. And, you know, for me, it was just like a, a way to like unwind and relax for, for an hour, a couple hours, right. To just like do something besides working. I was like, okay, I'm going to play some poker, I guess. It's kind of fun. And there's always someone on the table that you can like go and laugh at. But um, <laughs> cool. I have a few more questions before we wrap up here. Yeah. Um, you know, one of them is like, you know, what would be like a word of advice to like, someone brand new to poker uh, specifically, like what would you advise them? You know, Hey, you know, I want to learn a bit more about poker. I want to play. Um, I have no clue. Like what, what's your word of advice? Cause you have, you know, you have the experience for it. What would you say? Yeah, man, I actually, that's a great question. I give every single person who's brand new to the club or poker or anything in general and just wants to be better. I, I usually tell them like the same couple of things. Number one, uh, do some research. Like I can't just sit here and text you everything you need to know to learn how to play. Uh, you can, there's probably 200 10 minute YouTube videos and each one of them will individually make your game 10% better. So like literally just watch one a day and over the course of a couple of months, you'll be like kicking ass in no time, as long as you're like actually retaining and, and practicing that information. So a put the time into being better. You're not just going to be a whiz out the gate. Um, B Except that you make mistakes. I can guarantee you that if you just started playing poker, probably 70 to 80% of the things you're doing are wrong. And it's hard to accept that because A, it's hard to know that you're doing it wrong. And B, no, nobody wants to be wrong. So, so I guess the second half of that is be willing to admit that you're wrong and accept the help. We have people who come into the Discord and uh, obviously in, in poker, it's very common for people to complain that they lost or they had a bad beat like for you. You had the two pair and then the guy rivered a bigger two pair and that sucks, but that's also part of the game. You played flawlessly. I have no doubt about it. You probably played the hand right and you still lost. So if you can accept that you can play right and still lose, but be happy that you played right and then try again, that is a major factor to getting better. Um, and then the third one is uh, honestly, the most important one is that if you ever want to be better at poker, you literally will not learn how to be better. You can't even begin to start getting better until you learn how to press the fold button. Unless you can fold a majority of your hands, you will literally never be able to start playing good poker because folding is the very most important and vital step to being a good and successful poker player. Many people play way too many hands when they first start and they'll overvalue very bad hands. And that holds them back from ever getting better because how can you improve any part of your game if you're just playing every shitty hand you get? I like it. Thank you. I hope I helped. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes you're like, well, it's just like 20 poker or 50 poker. I kind of just want to see what's there on the other side of it. You know, I have, no I have nothing here, but like, if it is the one card, it will make it good, but it's just only the one, but, uh, but let's see what it will happen. Right. It's yeah, just 20 you, poker, you, right. You've really <laughs> got to have a, a long, stream of just good decisions because like i said even when you're making good decisions there's still a very small percentage of luck that like yeah you did everything right and you still lost but if you suck it up and keep going and you keep making good decisions over a long period of time you'll win and, and you'll understand that very well being you know somebody who educates people on nfts and, and market conditions is like you can't look at the day by the 15 minute candle or the one minute candle you know you've got to look at an entire year mm -hmm. And you'll see that it goes straight up over the course of a year. And throughout the day, it's like up and down, like fucking peaks and valleys. 
And it's the same exact thing in poker. As long as you keep making the right decisions consistently over a long period of time, I can almost guarantee you like to a 99% certainty, you will be profitable in poker if you just keep doing the right things. You'll take your losses along the way though. Stick and stay and you'll get your pay. Yes, I love it. (laughs) So um, now for the people that are like, you know, maybe like play poker quite a bit, right? Like, you know, what's your, what's your vision and what's your goal to like help include like people that play on poker stars, for example, right? And like helping convert them into, you know, into soul city poker. Like, do you have any plans to like help bring those people into this space and to onboard people from web two to web three? Um, where do you see that? Yeah. So, so there's really two ways to do this. Uh, one of them is what uh, would be like more of a traditional poker marketing uh, approach, which is like, honestly, the best way to bring people over is, is at the end of the day is literally to just offer them money to play for you. So like, well, like I was saying, all players get up to a 40% rake back each week. There are some players who will actually like we've got several players who will play 50 to 60 hours a week and that helps the club stay open because it means more tables are open and more people will sit down because they see more tables are open and and long term that's successful for the club so for these types of people to bring them in what we do is we say hey how much rake back are you making where you're playing and they'll say oh i'm making 50 or 60 percent you go okay great i'll give you 80 percent rake back or or even more sometimes you say i don't need to make a single penny off of you I just want you to come because you play all the fucking time, which means more people will come and they will play all the fucking time. So that's like the traditional approach to it is just like the competition in between hundreds of poker clubs of who's giving the best deal and which deal makes sense to specific players. So targeting those people and offering them a deal that they, they just can't refuse is the first step. And that's what we've been doing. So essentially the second way that you can do this, is by making it easier for people who don't know what they're doing. I believe that a lot of people, myself included, were intimidated to get into NFTs that my brother introduced me to because he told me where to go. And then by the time I got there, I said, what the fuck is a MetaMask wallet? Why is it that like he said I needed to have half of an ETH to buy this and now it's saying I need 0.6 ETH? You know, I didn't understand what gas fees were. I didn't understand how to keep my wallet secure. And I think this is a problem for a lot of people. And and it's it's pretty obvious to everybody that you know mass adoption is not going to happen until you make it more of a web two and a half. You know, maybe we can't go straight from two to three. Maybe we have to go to two to two and a half and then to three. And so to make it easier for people to onboard and 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 like, you know, we've we've created such a an easy atmosphere to get into because you can go to our website and you can watch a how to play video and you can get additional educational information depending on your skill level or your comfortability with cryptocurrency. If you've never owned a phantom wallet before, you can still go to our website and you can still get the information to get in the game. And not only have we provided the information, but we've also made it easier so that you don't have to connect your wallet to play the game. I think that it's very cool to be able to connect your wallet and do things like that in web three. But I think at the end of the day, there are so many places where an opportunity is missed to onboard people from web two to web three because the interest is there, but the skill set is not. And to get there, they need somebody to hold their hand. And that's just the truth. Sometimes even a video doesn't do it. Sometimes you really do need somebody to be like, yep, you do this, you do this, and then you do this. And then they need to even troubleshoot it for you. 
So what we did was we made the game not connect your wallet. You do have to connect your wallet on our website, which is secure, and you have the information available to assist you to buy chips or to cash out your chips, but to play the game and to remove that additional factor of stress mm -hmm. and intimidation for players, we've made it so that all you need is a username and a password. You don't need an email. You don't have to put your wallet in. And even at the end of the day, if you just want to try the site, you still don't need to have a wallet connect. So if you're like a complete Web3 amateur and you don't even know what connecting a wallet is, you can still come to Soul City, not even knowing that it's a Solana currency game, and you can sign up for an account. You could in, get into one of our free roll games, and you can say, damn, that was badass. I want to buy some chips. And then you get to go to the shop to buy your chips. And at that point, it's like, okay, here's where the learning begins. But I think we've made it fairly simple, and, and we've continued putting resources towards providing uh, additional education. And we actually have a series of videos coming out soon uh, to increase that experience on the website because I think that there's a lot of future for poker in Web3. But unfortunately, let's be honest, what, 99% of people playing poker don't even own a wallet. And if they do, the other 20% might not even know how to use it, let alone be on Solana. So mm -hmm. I think bridging from Web2 to Web3 is important, but I think that a lot of people are skipping a lot of steps. And I think that having it half Web2, half Web3 is the way to go. Now, full Web3, my opinion, and you know, I mean, here I am talking to you. I'm obviously a big Web3 nutcase. Like, I think it's the future. I am completely absorbed by it, but I think it's just not ready yet. And I think in the next three to four years, you'll see our entire game be like 100% Web3, because I think by then there will just be enough people involved who understand it without without being restricted yeah like honestly in a comparative factor to like a lot of online poker sites too it's the same process right you go in you set up an account um you start playing and then you're like oh i want to put some real money in I, okay i got to go to the shop you know enter credit card whatever to figure that out right it's like the only difference is like the decentralization of like you know not even entering any information like you know you have to kyc which is like I think in my in my brain that that's a bonus, um, but yeah, um, thanks for sharing all that. So yeah, um, no KYC and you don't have to uh, you know no location restrictions either, which is a, a big problem in online poker. Is that there's like seven or eight top sites, and out of those seven or eight, like if you look at it like a, a chart of which ones can play in which countries, hardly any of them share any of the same countries. They're all so separated by. Um, by like legislation in different countries that like even my neighbors can't play on some sites that I can play on mm -hmm. like in the next state. So yeah, it's nice I wonder, to be I wonder if you can get like Google ads on like those type of websites where it's like, Hey, no, you can't play here. Well, we got you over here, you know, click here. Let's get you <laughs> That'd be an interesting ad like campaign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah something I see you tried ones. to play here and I noticed your location does not allow that. <laughs> <laughs> right but we can help you get you sorted so we've got a solution so i have two final questions um number one is actually about you know you talked about mental health uh, being a big thing and of course you know you you know you've spent you know literally hours and hours and hours and hours doing running the deal working 10 12 15 hours a day right what what do you do for mental health and what's your like you know, what are you going to say about mental health, right? Because I think you have a big stance for it. 
I do. Yeah. Uh, I'm somebody who, and I've, I've never really uh, announced this on any spaces or, or really, I've not even talked about this in the discord, but I, I'm really definitely not shy about it. So maybe now's a good time that, um, you know, I've, my entire life, I've, I've struggled with a, a pretty deep depression genetically that has, you know, spent and kept me in bed for many, many days of my life. And uh, from going outside or from doing this or that. And as I got older, I, I realized, especially when the lockdown started for COVID, I realized how big of a deal it was and how much it was holding me back in life. And uh, I just wasn't okay with it anymore. And, and I, I still struggle with it every day. And, and I hate to tell that to people, you know, who are investing tens of thousands of dollars into who you are, but it's just the truth that like, you know, we're all human. And especially in this day of age, it's with technology being as abundant in our face as it is, more and more people are not only uh, uh, developing mental health issues, but on the same side, in a good way, there's more resources available. And the biggest resource is just the education about it and, and how to take care of yourself. So, you know, it's impossible to say that I've been cured of any sort of depression, but I don't spend my days in bed anymore. I don't just sulk. I don't just be sad all the time. I have days that my God are much rougher than others. Uh, even even now, even even with the success, some days come where it's like unbearable and you just feel like there's nothing else to do. But uh, the thing that's helped me more than anything is is just keeping a routine. Um, working for yourself, especially in this space, a lot of times you can feel like you have to be here 24-7 uh, because if you miss anything, you know, it feels like a year of your life has been missed if you miss one day because everything just moves so quickly here. And uh, I, I finally realized recently that that's not the case. Uh, you can mm -hmm. you can spend time away. You maybe can't spend a lot of time away, but you can definitely and need to spend time away. So uh, I've created a routine for myself where I, I wake up in the morning and I I, uh, I go ride my bike down by the water. I'm fortunate to live in a beautiful city, uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. So I, I ride my bike downtown. I go to the pier. I go to the Dolly Museum. I go to like the the uh, there's like an airport right on the water and you can drive by and, and I, I go do that. And then I, I like meditate in the park and then I go home and I go to the gym and I have breakfast and then I sit down and then I work. I work for many, many hours. I take a nice break in between. And then at like seven, sometimes 8 p.m., I have a pretty hard cutoff where it's like, OK, I'm turning off my computer and I'm now mobile for the next like three or four hours. But I'm getting away from my computer because if I sit in front of it, it's like a fucking vortex. Like there's literally yeah. no leaving unless unless somebody comes in here and fucking yanks me out of this room or unless my alarm goes off at 8 p.m., which I have set for seven days a week, 8 p.m. It's like that alarm goes off and it's like, OK, I got to get up. It doesn't matter what the hell I do. I have to walk away or like the next day I'm going to pay for it. So it's it's important to have a routine and it's different for everybody, of course, but creating a priority for yourself with that. So. Yeah, you gotta take care of yourself. Um, I, I can I concur with that, man, because that's it's what I do as well. It's like making sure I start my day right, and then I also end my day right, because you know, in order to start the day, you gotta end it <laughs> as well. So that's it true. starts from the night before, right? So all very very important. Um, okay, so one last thing, I want to leave uh, this episode on a high note. Um, I want you to share, like, where do you see you know Soul City Poker in the future? Like, what's the vision for it? Where do you see it? Like, what do you see happening with it um, over the next year, two years, five years, what, whatever you see? Tell me about it. Yeah, I think I think it's hard to know, obviously. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll tell you what I want. Um, 
within one or two or five years, you know, they, those all seem like two or three months in this space, to be honest, one, two, five years. But uh, long-term, I guess, is, is the better way to put it. Long-term, I'd, uh, I don't know, just in, I've always been a realist. I, I don't know that we can compete with the likes of America's Card Room or, or Poker Stars or, or GG Poker in these massive poker communities that they have. Uh, just on the principle of legislation, to be honest, I think mm -hmm. uh, it does hold us back. We're lucky enough to have a, a model that we use that we believe does skirt some legality as far as the fact that we are considered like an arcade and not a casino based on the way that we handle our accounting. So I do believe that the arcade system will allow us to scale to a point where we are generating millions of dollars uh, every year, if not, you know, one plus million dollars a month. I think it's very possible I think if anybody understands how online poker works as far as generating revenue goes, uh, it has like this crazy multiplier where it starts really, really slow and uh, you're lucky to have, uh, you know, a game running. I'll, I'll even tell you, we, we used to have like one game, one scheduled game, seven nights a week where we'd be like, okay, 8 p.m., everyone's getting on. And we were like, how long can it go? And, and it was like two hours and then three hours. And then it started rolling into two or 3 a.m. And then the next thing you know, it's like we have daytime games. And then we have games 24-7, and now we have bigger games, and the bigger games are what really makes the multiplier. So we'll have, like, you know, within one week, you can, like, triple your revenue just by getting, like, one extra game running for, like, an extra 8 to 10 hours a day, 7 days a week. And I think that in comparison to previous poker clubs online that I've run, those guys have 10 times the amount of games that we have running, and they still have you know, a 50th of the traffic that a big site like PokerStars has, but these guys are making millions of dollars a month uh, off of these five to 10 games. At this point, we're seeing now on average like two to three games running for about six to four hours a day. And then we're having at least one game running for about 20 hours a day. So our revenue has increased substantially since we had just the one game running each night, you know, like now for us, a bad day is what we used to make in a week. So I think it's very possible to say that uh, the sky is the limit, but uh, realistically, I would say I can, I can see soul city being exactly what it is, but uh, just bigger. I mean, I can see us having five or six games running at any given time. I can see us having 1000 soul prize pool tournaments on the weekends uh, I can see that kind of thing happening within the next six months. And, and that's being pretty, pretty realistic and, and honestly pretty conservative. Um, we're making now about like, we generate based on the price of Solana, we generate like 15 K a week. And mm. um, if we were to have two tables running the way that we do now, except 24 hours a day, I think that number is easily 75 K a week. I mean, it, it really dramatically multiplies. So uh, I think that the, the the project itself within six months could be making a million dollars, you know, quarterly or, 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 or even shorter time frame than that. So within the next few years, Jesus, <laughs> who knows? Hey, dude, with, with how the space is growing, right? Um, the adaptation, just more people getting, you know, to know that there's these options here as more, you know, DAOs and other communities use your platform and recommend it. And the more that you just keep showing up, like, yeah, it's inevitable. Plus, you know, with the other collection coming in, um, you know, I think um, all these goals, um, you might be surprised, honestly, because uh, you might might over 
overshoot what you even expected. So I'm really excited for you, man. I'm really excited for this episode to get launched and released. And um, I'm excited to go play a bit more poker and, and have fun and, and keep uh, keep spreading the word, right? Because, you know, this is all what it's about. It's collaborating. It's uh, bringing us all together and, and away we go. So um, really appreciate your time today. And um, yeah, I think that's it for our call today. Thank you for your time. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, Trevor.